0: Hello and welcome to the latest ATP podcast coming to you from Tennis Paradise, and by that I mean the BMP Paribas Open in Indian Wells, the first Masters 1000 of the year. Shortly we'll hear from the new world number one and top seed here, Daniel Medvedev, also from Rafael Nadal, Andy Murray, Stefano Tsitsipas and Alexander Zverev. But before all that, I am delighted to say I'm joined by ATP podcast regular, Californian local and... Former world number 39, Jill Kravis. Jill, how are you?
1: I'm ex- excellent. How are you? How could you not be good in Tennis Paradise, right? Oh, and the, it's the beautiful. The sun is I always know. shining,
0: the sky is always blue. This was
1: always one of my favorite tournaments, and you hear the players say that all the time. It is one of the best stops on the calendar year.
0: And what are you up to here? what about about I am that. working
1: for the tournament radio, so I'm working for Bank of the West Radio, BMP Paribas. So I'm here for the tournament, which is super fun. It has A lot of different roles. I get to roam around the grounds, talk to anyone that I want to, give everyone sort of a scenic radio view, I guess you could say, of how the tournament is. But it is just the scenery is so beautiful. I love it.
0: And you get this view. And out get this onto year. that yes. center court it's incredible right oh my
1: god I can't complain I get to see all this not only the stadium one matches when we're just sitting up here keeping track of the scores but we do get to get out and about and especially with all the matches all the matchups that are going around on stadium two stadium three I mean that's what's also so great about this event is how many stadium courts there are and they were they are packed every single day. It's just such a good atmosphere.
0: Yeah, some of the stadium courts, the the outer stadium courts, are bigger than some yeah. of the you know court twos and other events. That that's yep. blown me away.
1: Yeah, it's and they just keep wanting to improve every 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 year. And so that's what's so exciting is when you come back next March or October it was last year, but when you come back every year, you see how much they're wanting to just get better as a tournament, and you can feel that as you walk in.
0: Back in its traditional spot in the springtime this yes. year, how much of a difference does that make? How much more special is it?
1: I, I I do think it's more special because I think from fans in particular, I think October... You know, it was the first time they had it in October, but you could definitely feel the difference. It's just not a time where a lot of people are in the desert as far as taking the vacation. So it was at a very odd time. It was also very new, so I think people weren't used to that. Um, So I think you can feel the difference in the fans, especially just the atmosphere. um, That this is where a lot of people come on vacation at this time of year in the spring, and so they love coming to this event.
0: I'm gonna put you on the spot already. Okay. What's your favorite Indian Wells memory? Player or commentator, you can. It can be anything you want.
1: I I think playing on center court for me. I mean, this is this is a tournament that, luckily for me as an American, they always. I always felt like they did an amazing job of putting the Americans on Stadium One, and so I, it felt very special to me to be able to come out here numerous times to play in the stadium because it's such a nice atmosphere. So, and I think just walking in. I mean, I, as you said, California. I live in California now. I'm not California native, but I do live in California now. It's only a two hour drive for me. So it was always nice to just be like, oh, that's great. I can just drive two hours. And it's such a beautiful drive with the mountains. And a lot of the mountains have the snow caps on them, the palm trees. And so I think just knowing that it's so convenient to come out here and everything just feels nice, the weather. So it's just awesome memories for me.
0: And looking out the window, um, we should also say we've got the American flag next to the Ukrainian flag this year. All of our thoughts with Ukrainian tennis players, all the people of Ukraine, really. Um, I'm guessing you must have Ukrainian friends and players on tour and things like that.
1: Yeah, I've spoken to, I mean, right away, even before it started, I think I spoke to a couple of my friends and just checking in to make sure everything was okay. And um, needless to say, it was... Got a lot of stressful responses, obviously. And not only our hearts go out to the Ukrainians, but everyone that's struggling. I think there's a lot of people in a lot of different countries that are struggling around that area. So they were just consistently saying, um, you know, they just are praying for everyone to be okay. And um, uh, my friends actually have family members over there that are in bunkers right now um, that just couldn't get out of their work situation. So they had to kind of just immediately go to safety, which broke my heart. And I feel like I'm getting emotional now. So, <laughs> um, But I constantly check it with them every single day. So they're, they're trying to get through it.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. We'll have a little bit more on that too in, in a little while, including the thoughts of Andy Murray. But first, let's hear from Daniel Medvedev, the, the world number one from Russia. I spoke with him before the tournament. And we started with how it's felt arriving at his first Masters 1000 as the world number one. You know that's uh, that's
2: great. It's uh, it's a great feeling. Uh, it's something I've been going for uh, all my life, and uh, probably most of my life. Uh, I would uh, I would think uh, it's impossible to get because yeah, there are not that many players who manage to to touch it. Um, and I'm really happy with my performance last few years. You know. Uh, Uh, climbing up steady uh, but strong and I'm really happy, but uh, I want to to continue. I want to win more tournaments, try to play even better, work hard on practice and that's uh, the only way how you can stay at the top.
0: History will now have you in the same bracket as Borg, Sampras, Federer. Uh, You talk about moving on, Um, how does that change the way you set targets now?
2: I think that's the thing that people, you said, all the greats, They never stopped when they reached something. Uh, They always wanted more, always hungry for more. That's what they all say. And that's how I want to be, you know, of course. um, Anything that you achieve in life can uh, can always, uh, you know, touch your feelings and maybe make you put you some pressure on, make you more or less motivated. Depends what's happening uh, in your life, but uh, you know, I just want to continue working, playing good and uh, trying, you know, to to maybe uh, get something more.
0: The achievement must have been overshadowed uh, by other things going on entirely outside of your control at difficult times.
2: Yeah, of course, uh, you know, um, we all know uh, what's happening right now and it's not an easy situation. I, I try to express myself as I can and uh, yeah, my main uh, My main message is, I want everybody to be safe. You know, it was always the same. I always said the same. There is not much more I can do. And uh, as you say, sometimes uh, things are uh, not under your control and you just uh, want uh,
0: everything to to be good. What would your overriding emotion about it all be?
2: You know, it's uh, like many emotions in our life. There are some positive ones. There are some negative ones can be short emotion, it can be a long emotion, it can last for years. Somebody uh, has to live uh, with it all their lives and uh, of course uh, last few weeks was a roller coaster of different emotions and uh, yeah definitely just want uh, our world uh, to, be, to be safe and uh, when I say safe I mean all the countries and all over the world. You are strong. You are beautiful. You are unique, you are Ukraine. Ukraine. You are fighting, but not alone. The Tennis family is united. In a mission to reunite our beloved world. And to support the relief efforts for the war in Ukraine.
3: Tennis plays for unity. Tennis plays for humanity.
2: Tennis plays for peace.
0: Those are the words of Ukrainians Elena Svitolina and Sergei Stokovsky, who himself has returned to the Ukraine to join the reserve army. Our thoughts are with him and, of course, with all of those involved in the conflict. As you've just heard, this week the ATP, WTA, ITF and the Four Grand Slams have launched Tennis Plays for Peace, each pledging US dollars to the relief efforts. One man also going above and beyond is in Indian Wells, wildcard Andy Murray. He announced earlier this week that he'll be donating all of his prize money for the remainder of 2022 to UNICEF to help all the children affected by the war.
4: I mean everyone will have seen what's going on around um, you know the world just now and it's obviously extremely tough to to watch and see that um, you know feel for everyone that's obviously involved and caught up on it in, in Ukraine. Obviously, some of the you know the tennis players, Sergei Stakovsky, obviously over there as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, that's, you know, I kind of felt like that's the, the best that I can do just now is to try and, you know, raise as much money as I can um, to try and help children in, you know, a brutal situation. Um, you know, you see kind of the images and the footage that you know, we're seeing, you know, on, on the TV and on social media and stuff. And, you know, obviously I have kids of my own. And I, I just, I can't imagine what it must be like to be in that, that situation. So, yeah, hopefully I can win lots of tennis matches this year and help as many kids as possible um, in what is, you know, a, a terrible, terrible situation.
0: And you're going to be doing it with Ivan Lendl back in your corner. Um, tell us how that's come about this time and what you're hoping... Ivan can help you to achieve.
4: Um, well, I think just uh, you know getting back to playing better tennis, really. And you know I've had some good results um, over the last you know couple of years, but the the consistency of them has been poor. And I think that's because my sort of the level of tennis that I'm playing is, has just not been that high. Um, and you know I trust a lot in what Ivan says. We obviously had excellent results together in the past. Um, and it means a lot to me that he is still willing uh, to to help me and and believes that I can achieve great results and I trust him in that too I still feel like it's possible but I think that if he didn't believe that I don't think he would work with me and I think he would tell me Um, so yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it and hope um, there's there's better, um, better results ahead.
0: How much time are you going to spend together?
4: Um, well, in the short term, I'm, after the Miami tournament, I'm going to spend a large portion of time in Orlando, um, you know, training there, um, close to, to where he is, is based, in Vero Beach. So, I'll spend a few weeks there and then potentially go off and play a couple of tournaments, then go back to Orlando and do some more training um, with him and then, um, yeah, hopefully have him around at some of the tournaments um, throughout the summer as well and some training to post, post-Wimbledon. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, see exactly how, how long it's going to be. But, yeah, certainly in the short term, we'll, we'll get to spend a lot of time together.
0: Jill, first off, it's a great thing Andy's doing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think there's numerous players that are doing that. Obviously, you mentioned Stakovsky joining the Army, which is extremely courageous and brave. And like you said, our thoughts are, are with him. Svitolina obviously has donated money as well. I think everyone is, is trying to do their part. And I, I to me, that's, what, that's why I love sports so much, is that the athletes do become united in these situations. I think it's nice to know that, um, you know, I read an article of Sabalenka the other day saying, like, we're all uniting in the locker room, doesn't matter what country you're from, no one's holding anyone responsible or criticizing anyone, everyone is coming together, and and it is, and they said there's a lot of sadness happening, because everyone is actually aware, obviously, of what's going on, and so it's, it's not like they're coming out here and forgetting about those things playing a tennis match, they're all, it's in everyone's minds, and so that's, to me, what sports is all about about is being united and being together. And I love that that's become such a a platform for these types of situations.
0: Absolutely. Just to talk about Andy for a little, uh, a couple of questions on Andy and being united with his former coach now, Ivan Lendl. What what are your thoughts on on that?
1: I mean, to be honest, I was surprised when I first heard it, but then when you think about it, it's not that surprising because he had such success with Lendl when he was part of the team and i think it's main. i know it's mainly for the grass court season to prepare for that you that just goes to show you how much more he wants to wimbledon <laughs> and he wants to be at the top and have another slam and so obviously it worked in the past so if something's working you know i i can see why he would he would ask lendel to be a part of the team again and obviously you know mentally he had an impact on on murray so i, I- it's a good choice
0: you were still playing at 39 um yes. on tour how much do you think Andy can still expect to achieve now?
1: I mean, I think he can for sure. I think what blows my mind is everything he's been through. I mean, when I retired at 39, I didn't really... Luck, I was very lucky I didn't, have, I didn't have any injuries. So I was very lucky, just the little aches and pains that every athlete has. But, I mean, what he's gone through, and I saw his documentary, and I couldn't believe how much they showed of what they did of his surgery in that documentary. And I was, it just gave me... So I mean, I appreciate him as a person and a player already, but what he went through, I was like, wow, that is some determination beyond anything you can imagine. And so if he has that, I mean, I'm impressed with how he's been moving around the court. I mean, I'm sure, I don't think he's quite as fast, of course, when he was a little bit younger and 100%, but I mean, it just goes to show you how much he loves the sport. And I just think he's just, I think he's an inspiration.
0: The will is still there, isn't it? It's
1: incredible, yeah.
0: It's unbelievable. Another man reading the changes in his coaching setup is Stefanos Tsitsipas. He's reached out to a former top five player from Sweden who you've interviewed this week, Jill. Um, Let's hear from Stefanos Tsitsipas talking about Thomas Enqvist joining his team. Well, I think it's important to bring people into the team that have
5: uh, had uh, past experience on the ATP Tour. Thomas is someone that uh, I like a lot. Uh, I respect him in in every way and uh, I think he helped me from the point of view you know having played on the tour having had great results uh, from a, more of a player perspective than a, than a coach perspective.
0: Thomas went to I think four in the world you've already gone higher than that yourself so w- what exactly do, do you really want Thomas to help you with?
5: I feel like there are a lot of things I can work on and he has a very good eye um, I think he you know he understands that my game uh, evolves mostly around my uh, attacking uh, game and this is something I've been working on a lot and putting a lot of attention to and uh, putting uh, these the, little pieces and trying to put, put them together which is uh, every day showing up on the court and uh, and putting in the work.
0: And we all know how close you are to your father. Um, how does your dad's role change as a result of Thomas coming in? My
5: dad's role doesn't change at all, he still remains of uh, where he was before. Uh, Thomas is an addition to the team. Thomas is someone that can bring new ideas and new thoughts uh, into our team. And uh, I think in coming, having it in a combination of, of the two come together, it can be uh, uh, it can bring a lot of uh, new life uh, into my game.
0: Jill, Stefanos says Thomas Enkvist has a very good eye. As a former player, what, what do you think he means by that?
1: Um, I, I think, as to me, I would take... And when I interviewed him... I have to say, Enquist—he was super great and personable. Um, it's only been a few weeks that they've been working together, so he couldn't really expand a lot on what they, what their plans are, what their goals are. But when I think of a good eye, it's about what you can pick up on your opponents and how you can incorporate what what sitsa pass, for example, in this situation does so well against other opponents. Um, and Enquist also mentioned that you know the, he I asked him about statistics in general because that's become a very big thing. And, you know, when Ank was played, they didn't necessarily have access to all that information that they do now. And he was pretty high on it. He said he does pin, pinpoint a few things that that are go-tos, like a serve and first shot in particular, which to me Sitsipas is very good at. He's got a great serve, and he's immediately looking for those opportunities. So in that situation, he, can, he would be able to tell Pass, OK, maybe on the first shot against a certain opponent, what might be the best shot to hit, which direction direction, what kind of spin or flatten it out, how these opponents might react to different spins and slices. So to me, that that would be the eye that I think he's referring to. Um, I mean, unless it comes from Enkvist's mouth, we don't really know, but that's my speculation.
0: What is it about Swedes also that make good coaches? We've had Magnus Norman, Jonas Bjorkman, Thomas mm-hmm. Johansson, Enkvist, Freddie Rosengren. Right. Is it just their method?
1: You, you know, I, I asked him about that, too. Well, my question was, how are Swedes so calm all the time? <laughs> that's what we talk about with the Swedes, right? They're just so calm, cool, mm-hmm. and collected. And he's he, one, he said he thought it was, you know, that's kind of their character. Yeah. That's that's just how Swedes tend to be naturally. But he also mentioned Beyond Borg quite a bit um, and what a role model he was and, you know, how, how cool he was on the court. And he said they all wanted to just be like him and he was such a good role model to have. And I think that mentality is so good for a player if it, because there's going to be frustrations. Tennis can make you crazy sometimes when things aren't going the way you want them to. And to be able to have that calm manner is so, is so crucial to be able to immediately get ready for the next shot, next game, whatever.
0: And the Mediterranean fire will still be in the Tsitsipas of camp course, because Father yeah. Apostolos is still there. I, I asked Steph about that. You a fan of family coaching dynamics in general? Um, You know, I I, I don't know if I'm for
1: or against it. I think if it works, um, yes, because, you know, your parents have such a huge influence on you since you were very young. Um, And I think there's, I mean, I can just relate to my parents. I mean, I couldn't have been a professional athlete without them. And they were great role models for me. I think, you know, um, actually, I was listening to Caroline Wozniacki the other day, because she was was asked this very same question, because obviously, her dad was her coach for her entire career. And she said, um, yeah, you know, they had. They had some animosity a little bit, but they learned to be open and honest and they could talk about it. And I think that's an important thing is the communication to be like, OK, you know, this is frustrating. Maybe they have the same personalities where they just butt heads. But you, you have to be open. The communication has to be open to be able to work it out and be able to make that, you know, parent player situation work to the best of its ability.
0: And elsewhere also, it's been a bit of a coaching merry-go-round at the start of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Yannick Sinner now working with Simone Vagnozzi yep. instead of uh, Riccardo Piatti. Jamie Delgado with Dennis Shapovalov. Yep. W- which which one of those are you particularly interested to just see how it kind of works Oh, all out? of
1: them. <laughs> Definitely all of them. It's I'm always curious to see what a new coach to bring to a player. Um, you mentioned Sinner at first. I mean, obviously he had massive success with Piatti. Um, so I'm curious to see what Vignasi can bring to the table, what his goals are. I'm curious to see, you know, how Sinner's game develops, because he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, I'm curious to see if he starts giving Sinner maybe a little bit more variety, because he's so solid if he starts to throw in some slice, drop shots occasionally. Um, And with Jamie Delgado, I actually just ran into him outside a couple days ago, and I was excited. I was like, how's it going? Are you enjoying working with Dennis? And he was like, oh, well, it's really different, first of all, different personalities he's like lefty you know a lot of flair um and so but he you know young he's a younger guy obviously than what Jamie's used to with Murray and so he was very excited to kind of jump on board and see what he could bring to the table and I just saw the excitement in his face which was which was really cool to see
0: and even Rafa Nadal is making changes Mark Lopez joining that in in some capacity um He's been pretty perfect so far this year. Let's hear from him uh, on uh, being here in Indian Wells for the first time in a, in a little while. It's fantastic
3: to be here. No, I, I miss this tournament because I was not able to play the last couple of years no, because of COVID and injury. Uh, yeah, as everybody knows, it's one of my favourite places to be. Uh, it's uh, so special to play here uh, and just to live here for, for a couple of weeks. No, it's relaxing, you have more time to enjoy a little bit of uh, everything and you are not not in a
0: typical tennis tournament so uh, that that helps. Three titles here, which one is most special for you?
3: I don't know, Uh, 2007 I played fantastic but probably the most emotional one was the last one, 2013 uh, against uh, Del Potro, the final uh, coming back from a long period of time injury, Uh, first tournament on uh, (laughs) heart during a year. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah. Winning the title here was a big surprise, but at the same time a very emotional thing.
0: All those memories, all those years, and yet you've never had a better start to a year. I uh, mean, well, g- given where things were just a few months ago, how has this happened?
3: I don't know. <laughs> just thanks to I can. The only thing that I can do is thanks to life for this amazing opportunity. You know? uh yeah. Uh, I never dreamed about being in that position after the first three events of the year. You know. Uh, a <laughs> couple of months ago, I was not able to work the, to, to walk the, prop, the proper way. No? so uh, yeah, here I am, and uh, I can be happier, just enjoying every single day, having fun. Out on your own now, 21 Grand Slams. How, how special is that? Well, every title is special, no, for sure. The numbers are important yeah. for me, but uh, most important thing, I am able to to play tennis again and to enjoy the sport. So uh, that's uh, even more important than the 21.
0: And we have a new world number one. Um, who you've beaten twice this year. I was wondering, though, given all you've achieved, is number one still a motivation or do you feel you have nothing else to prove? It's not a goal for me today, no.
3: Uh, it, if, if I am playing enough well to, to make that happen, fantastic. But I, unfortunately, I cannot follow this, this goal anymore. No, I am 35, almost 36. Uh, I, I need to, to I mean, make decisions so it's important to follow that the full calendar that requires to 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 try to be number one and it's great young players to 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 be ready for for that or even novak that is probably a little bit healthier than me (laughs) but uh, but that's it Uh, i I can't complain at all I, i have been in in that position for such a long period of time i did it a couple of times uh, yeah, but I'm just happy to play tennis. Then let's see what's going on with the numbers.
0: Just finally, you mentioned you're 35. You've been practicing here with a young Spaniard by the name of Carlos Alcaraz, who we're all very excited about. How exciting is Carlos, and, and does playing with him make you want to prolong your career, carry on playing? Oh
3: no, I don't think so. No, I'm gonna try to 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 make my career as longer as possible because of me, not because no one other. No, but uh, Carlos is a. Uh, He's a great guy and uh he's a potential number one player and multi grand slam winner without a doubt no so uh, it's great that in spanish we in spain we have uh, a player like him very young uh, yeah <laughs> i can't uh wish I, I mean the only thing that i can do is <laughs> wish him the, the best things possible no because it will be fantastic for our sport if he's able to 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 achieve uh, uh, amazing things on this sport because that's going to continue a a golden era of sport for, for our
0: country, so I wish him all the very best. Jill, first of all it's great to see Rafael Nadal back in Indian Wells.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anytime someone hears he's going to be in the tournament, there's like an uproar and a flood of people inside the stadium. I mean, he's so well loved and rightly so. He's such a good guy and so fun to watch and just a great representation of the sport. Um, yeah, it's just been, I mean, it's just always fun to watch him play.
0: Um, interesting to hear his views on Carlos Alcaraz as well he really sees him dominating his words dominating the sport and he's kind of proud it's nice
1: yeah I think that first of all I think that's really cool because he's his compatriot and so you might think like okay there's some competitiveness there but Raf is just amazing I mean he he takes that opportunity to go out they were practicing together Nadal and Alcaraz the second day that I was here I kind of just I was coming into work and I got stuck at practice court one, just watching them hit with each other for 25 minutes. So um, it was it was just awesome. And Rafa's so good at hitting with all the youngsters that are coming up. He hit with Corda a few days ago, um, so he's very welcoming welcoming to these youngsters coming up to that new generation. And to me, that just shows you how even how much more he loves the sport because he wants the next generation to be awesome he wants people to love these new guys coming up which is pretty cool
0: yeah he's a wonderful ambassador Tw- just the 21 grand slam titles Oh, as well only. <laughs> let's talk about someone who's just got one grand slam title just briefly and it's in doubles and it was a little bit of a shock let's face it this year uh, nick kyrgios mm-hmm. winning with Tanasi Kokonakis. um he breathes a f- breath of fresh air into well any tournament he- he's in and i I've got to say, it was the most fun interview I've had all week so far, talking with him and Tanasi after their first their first round doubles win. Um, what can you say about Nick Kyrgios?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, you said it was kind of a shock that they won. But it's kind of yes and no, because we all know how talented um, Nick and Tanasi are. So when I heard that they were playing together, I mean, everyone knows like, oh, OK, that's that's pretty dangerous. So on the one hand, yeah, because they weren't expected to win on paper. But um, it doesn't surprise me at all that they came away with that title. And um, I watched their first round here. They, of course, amazing. I mean, sometimes they can just make it look so easy. And I get a little bit jealous. I'm like, it's not that easy, but you make it look so easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, the crowds love him just because he's, he's so entertaining.
0: Consistently incredible tennis, less consistent perhaps in terms of behavior on court. Um, and it's a segue into talking about and hearing from Germany's Alexander Zverev, who this week has had to face the world's press really for the first time since being given a suspended ban for uh, the misdemeanors, let's call them, he got up to in Acapulco. Let's hear from Sasha Zverev.
6: It was probably the biggest mistake of my tennis career, the way that I acted and the way what I did. Um, I have apologised for it. I know that, you know, even... Uh, Apologizing is, is probably not enough. Um, the way I acted, so it was it was embarrassing for me. It still is embarrassing for me now. You know, walking around the locker room and all of that. It's 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 not a nice feeling. Um, but as you said, we all do mistakes. I'm I'm also a human being. I can guarantee you, I'll never act this way again in my in my life in my career. So um, it was it was definitely the worst moment. Of my life of of my career in general, so um, at the end of the day i I, I hope uh, people can can kind of forgive me, people can understand that there's a lot of mental pressure on us, there's a lot of um, things that are happening to us that maybe people don't see on the court as well, and that we are all humans so um, at the end of the day now yes uh, it's it's not it's not easy for me, but uh, I, I deserve it. Uh, not to be easy for me right now.
0: When you say that you can guarantee that that will never happen to you again in your professional career, what are you going to do to make sure it never happens again?
6: You know, I've been I've been doing, obviously, work uh, meditation-wise and all that. Uh, I've said it before. Um, I think there are stress situations. There are situations in everyone's life, in sports in general, where... Just stuff like this happens. I'm not the first. I won't be the last uh, for for something bad to happen on the court. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I know who I am. I know who I am as a person. The people that know me who know who I am as a person, and they know that this doesn't reflect on me uh, in general. This was a this was a bad moment in court. I have played until 5 a.m. the the day before. Um, I was uh, the same day. I I went back to play doubles. I am somebody that gives it his all on the court. Doesn't matter whether it's singles, doesn't matter whether it's doubles. You know, I think a lot of top singles players would have maybe come out to the doubles court and if they would have lost the match, they would be fine with it. I am am somebody that I want to compete and I want to do the best I can in everything that I do. And that's maybe got the better of me because I was physically tired, I was emotionally tired, but I was still competing and I was fighting until the last moment. So... And then sometimes, if mistakes do happen from which you, you, you can't control, it is frustrating, but that, that's, that still doesn't excuse the way I acted. And um, at the end of the day, I apologize, but I can't take back what I did.
0: I just have one final question on the uh, decision of the ATP, uh, Sasha, and whether, given that if you step out of line in the next year, verbal abuse, unsportsmanlike conduct, as you know, and you are fined, you will be banned. How that is going to play on your mind over such a long period of time?
6: If, if I do that again, they have every right to, to ban me. It's as simple as that. If, if I do that again, it means I haven't learned. right? I think everybody in, in life deserves a second chance. Everybody uh, does mistakes. But if you repeatedly do mistakes, then it means that you haven't learned. So um, if that happens again to me, then you should ban me. Um, but I'll do everything you know, for it not to happen, and not only in the next year, but maybe in my whole career from now on.
0: Jill Krabus still with me here. And Jill, we heard the BBC's Russell Fuller putting the questions there to Sasha Zverev, um, and he's really had to front up and and just, what, admit that he was wrong?
1: Yeah, I, you know, he's actually pretty good at doing that. I mean, anytime he's sort of asked about previous situations, I mean, he is... I think he, the older he gets, the more he is kind of being open and, and being willing to admit that, that he was wrong. And I think we all can agree that it was inappropriate. And um, But I think the fact that he is, you know, okay to hear that question, I mean, he probably knows it's coming. But I think it's important that he is open and realizes the mistake and takes responsibility for it.
0: Ultimately, it's a reminder that tennis players are human, right?
1: Yeah. And, and tennis, I mean, I... I can relate tennis is frustrating when things are not going it's one of the hardest things to do is control those emotions but you have to i mean you you can't be inappropriate like that you have to be able to learn how to control those emotions when it's a heated moment for yourself when you're
0: struggling with something well he's going to get his challenge off and running we'll see how how that goes along with a few americans a few more americans americans have already been in action of course um talk to me about the americans just finally jill um riley pelker i guess up there in at the top in terms of the men's tennis tree. Yeah. Who are you most excited to see?
1: Um I am very excited about Sebastian Corda. Corda is definitely one of my favorites. I think he is a future Grand Slam champion. Um I just love I just think he's so smooth on the court. Everything looks effortless and for someone so tall, I think 6'4" six, 6'5", six, he moves incredibly well. I mean, you can't make it on the tour and make it as high as he has without moving well these days so um Brandon Nakashima I just watched the other day he's such a good competitor has great demeanor on the court um he's very exciting still very very young and but he's got such a solid base I mean both wings the forehand and backhand side you can't really see anything technically wrong with that and so for me to develop from that stage is pretty is pretty awesome um I know Taylor Fritz has been doing extremely well did great here in October and I, I just find, as I've been watching him the last four or five years, he um, has just kind of quietly kept going up, 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 up. I mean, I think he's always had the power game, but I love that he's just continuing to develop and get better. But there's so many. I mean, Riley's got a huge game, of course. Um, I know I'm missing. You know who else I love is Mackie McDonald. I mean, I know he – I think he's just got a great game – is super solid at the net as well, which I like. I like these not afraid to come forward, but I know I'm missing. There's like ten or twelve in the top. There are 100. all of a sudden, you know, but there I, are so, so I, many. I really apologize if missing someone. You, that's what happens when you put me on the spot.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm going to put you on the spot one last time. Yeah. Who is your pick, just finally, for the men's, well, and the women's um, title to win here? Hair? Yeah, in Indian Wells.
1: Oh, you know, I for the women, I picked Halla. But I, I can't, I mean, I, I say this with really zero confidence. So I can't tell, and I'm going to go with Nadal here. I, First of all, I can't believe he, this is his best year so far, which is crazy after so many years that this is the best start to any year. That would make that it
0: 21 had. wins in a row at the start that of the season. You insane. think he's going to do that?
1: I do. I think he's going to do it. I just went with it because you put me on the spot and we're watching him, so he's right in front of me. <laughs>
0: Well, all will be revealed at the end of, well, next weekend. That is it for this week. For all the scores and the results and the latest orders of play and everything from Indian Wells, head to atptour.com. You've also got the ATP Tour app and the BMP Paribas uh, Indian Wells app, which is also great. I'll be back with Jill Krabus next week, I hope, Jill. Yes, of course. As we look back over what will no doubt be an eventful second week. And in the meantime, head to the podcast channel on Wednesday when you'll be able to hear an interview that Jill did with American tennis player Christopher Eubanks, who won through to the second round here. Um, um, talking about, amongst other things, training with Serena Williams, I think, hanging out with movie star Jamie Foxx, all kinds of other things, including an interesting it's cryptocurrency. A great interview.
1: Yeah, it's a great interview. He's such a personable guy. got to listen to it.
0: Well, there you go. There's a plug for that. It's well worth a listen. I'm Seb Lozier. This has been Jill Krabus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the tennis.
5: We'll oh,